2: Hey friend, Steve here. L Larson. And welcome back. Going in Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found, of course, taped live at Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. Back at you with another Thursday
3: news video. So much news. You know, the way things are going in the wrestling world, this might be a more regular occurrence. I agree with you. A
2: lot going on. I mean, just coming out of dynamite last night, there were multiple, multiple stories uh, about suspensions, about hot heat, people hiding in bathrooms. On the WWE side, of this, here's one thing you know, I don't even notice in your notes here: tampering allegations against yeah. WWE. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, a all, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot going on, but of course, uh, first up, we're still shocked slash celebrating the dominant John Moxley squash win over CM Punk during last night's Dynamite. It was wildly entertaining. It was very satisfying. Oh, yes. It's like one of those Death Wish movies. Uh, but we were left wondering. That's what my grandpa always used to say. Not, that's not coming. That's what my grandpa was saying. Oh, I love those Death Wish movies. They're so I'm like, Grandpa, those are horrible movies. Anyways, uh, so uh, PW Insider, because we were wondering last night, uh, who, who the hell is Mox going to squash it all out now? Because yeah. at this point, if it's a squash That's the only believable outcome for any Mox match is a squash. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. PW Insider is reporting that the current plan is for Jon Moxley and CM Punk to rematch at All Out September 4th in Chicago. So whatever went down last night was part of whatever the plan is to get them to Chicago. I don't know if this was planned uh, to line up, but Cleveland, where Punk got destroyed by Moxley, who was close enough to his hometown last night. He's from Cincinnati, but it's kind of close. Is the same city he lost his UFC debut in, and also the city he walked out of WWE in January 2014. Dave Meltzer also mentioned on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio that Punk versus Mox is still slated to main event All Out. So Larson, yeah, I've been waving to try and get your attention. I was supposed to be reading this. Sorry, I had I had my 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 eyes
3: on the <sighs> notes, and it was covering your face. I'm sorry. How dare I'm you? I'm sorry. I'm How sorry. Dare you. I have something it's very bad. important to say. What, is, what do you have to say? How is CM Punk supposed to wrestle a match? Much less competitive match when he's only got one foot apparently. How I, is I this I put that
2: awesome video of you saying that last night on Twitter. I know because that's that's the here's the thing.
3: Mox's victory last night. I understand it was they had an injury angle or Punk uh, injured his other foot. Mhm. Um, the whole he came back too soon story. Mhm. Uh Mox won is such dominant, yeah. dominant fashion. Yeah. The only reason I could see to have this rematch in Chicago is for Punk to overcome the odds in Chicago and get the huge win in front of the hometown and the huge ovation and all that. Problem is, problem is, Mox, as mentioned, dominated on Dom- Dynamite. Dominated. Punk's foot ain't healing up in a matter of 10 days. Um,
2: There's there's only there's only see you say that and I agree there's only and this is a ball. This is a ballsy move from AEW, right? There is only one possible outcome, one possible outcome. The only way CM Punk can beat Jon Moxley
3: turns heel
2: if he goes bad guy, he's got to bring. Everything and any. This dude has got to steal Drew McIntyre's sword and hope that he doesn't break it over John Moxley, who I think would actually be swordproof. I think John Moxley, in his DNA, at this point, is bulletproof. CM Punk could get a gun and bring it and try to shoot Mox, but there's no guarantee Mox won't just eat those bullets. Oh, he
3: would. He would eat them and then laugh. He would. He'd laugh. He'd spit them back out at Punk, and it'd be believable. Because and it would be absolutely believable. Mox is that convincing now. That's the issue. That, yeah, that's the only way out. And then Punk will have to cut every corner. Yeah. Uh fifteen low blows. Uh uh, 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 go to sleep on like a uh, I don't know a, a a boulder or something like that. He
2: would need like a like so you know you remember those old medieval weapons the mace. I recall so yes. If you take like the 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 ball the ball
3: part of the mace with uh-huh. the spikes
2: on it yeah. and you fashion a knee pad. No, no he and has you to hit, replace. To sleep his, he has
3: to replace his knee with the spike with mace ball uh, with the yeah the mace ball yeah. As he no longer has knee. He has mace ball. He'd call that mace Warner, and he
2: drop. Uh, a GTS, like several, even at that yeah, point it several, on Mox. Many. No, you're right. Mox is so powered up, and I. But I do think when I go back to saying, you know, taking that into th- Chicago crowd. Number one, there, you know, Chicago crowd known for being a pretty smart town, savvy town, wrestling friendly town. They love that kind of stuff. They would cheer the shit out of that. By the way. CM Punk going heel mm-hmm. um, because that's that's what, sort of what they do. It's that sort of ECW-11 type crowd where it's like, hey, whatever it takes to beat Mox, it doesn't matter if you're heel. Now, if they bring in some sort of thing where maybe Punk and MJF, you know, maybe MJF shows up and helps them and they have an unholy alliance, which wouldn't make any sense story-wise. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, Punk wouldn't – he's going to need – Honestly, he's going to need some help. Like, he can cut every corner, but this is Mox. He's a juggernaut. And for this to make any sense whatsoever, Punk is going to need
3: some help as a bad guy. Speaking of help, I'll I'll, I'll toss this out there. I don't think it's going to happen because FTR is wildly popular right now. They've yeah. made it. FTR and Punk have made it pretty known. They're friends. They've, in oh, fact, they're good Punk's, buds. Punk's last match match hurt his foot. Was a trio's match. He was teaming with FTR. Yeah, uh, of course, FTR. They're still buddies with Wardlow. Uh, yeah. uh, you could have FTR. I don't think it's going to happen because Wardlow and FTR—they're all faces now.
2: No, look, this this could be a good story. I, I saw somebody suggest this on Twitter. Oh, what if right. Punk takes over? What if Punk takes over the faction that MJF yeah, started? Pinnacle, Pinnacle. Yeah, he takes
3: over Pinnacle. Yeah,
2: but I kind of like this because what if early in the store, early in the in the card, you've got FTR and Wardlow buddy buddies. And they beat uh, Lethal and and the Motor City Machine Guns because that's the match there. Mm -hmm. And then later in the card, FTR helped Punk beat Mox and that leaves Wardlow like, what is happening right now? Why are you doing this? You're acting like dicks. Punk is the guy who showed me up back when I was part of the Pinnacle and MJF was using me against him. Mm-hmm. Um, although on the other hand, there was also that moment between uh, Punk and Wardlow, where Wardlow basically helped Punk yep. beat MJF. Yep. Um, so there, there is story you can mine there, and I think you could tell a really fascinating story there. And I think I think all that's that's pretty good, but. You're going to need Punk to bring everything he has, and if that's three other guys or two other thing. guys, you thing. can make
3: it believable. To make it believable at this point, you need to do everything we've talked about. Right, yeah. You need yeah. the mace knee. You, yeah, need, you, need, you need pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, 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 all of it. You need it Maybe all.
2: fix Mox's brakes before a couple days before so he gets into a nasty car accident.
3: I mean, yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take something to that level. Yeah. You get you hire tunes as a piano f- piano falling from the sky. I don't know. Acme dynamite. There hey, we which go.
2: fits into TNT dynamite. That's true. AEW yeah. dynamite. So uh yeah, you got you gotta do a lot. But I think honestly, I think they can get there. I think they can tell something pretty compelling. I think they've used this whole, this you know, the 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 apparently real idea that you know things aren't all rosy backstage at AEW to plant some pretty interesting seeds, and I think they can sort of harness this chaos and uh, and tell something pretty compelling. But I mean, they, it's sort of away from the Hangman. I, I wouldn't involve Hangman and in all this stuff because that's as we're about to talk about. I don't know if mixing that level of real personal animosity with storylines. Story storylines right a idea. good
3: idea. I don't think it's a good idea. Um if a Punk heel turn is in the works for leading to his win, that's the only way they can do it. If they're trying to get, have a feel good moment with babyface Punk that's overcoming a terrible idea. odds against Mox, terrible idea. That's not a terrible believable. Idea. Not believable. That's awful. Not awful. believable.
2: I don't think that I don't. I don't. I don't. I think Punk would probably embrace the idea of hey, let me be a bad guy. Chicago would eat it up, and then we'll see where it goes from we'll there. See, well, I mean, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This I isn't. We'll I, see. I get the feeling that this is this this can't be the kind of thing like you know you and I. One of the biggest examples that I could think of is is Wyatt and Orton in their lead up to WrestleMania uh, years ago. Not the not the more recent fiend one, the, but the one the, before the, that. The, real,
3: the really crap match. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know they're telling a pretty compelling story leading into it, but the entire time you and I are both like, man, this is just going to end up with boring face Orton. As opposed to something more interesting, and that's the way they went. I kind of, I hope that they don't go that route. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to aim for something better here, man.
3: I, I, I hope, I hope we don't get boring face uh, or a uh, punk overcoming the odds here, because it's gonna just, it's gonna be really deflating. Really, he deflating.
2: needs to, he needs to cut every corner and bring a sword.
3: Yeah, all that sword, mace, knee, FTR, yeah, Wardlow, robot arm, robot arm, robot arm. Yeah, just that's five things minimum. A Robocop suit of armor. Anyways, let's,
2: uh, let's talk about. We alluded to this.
4: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now,
3: backstage heat and AEW, chaos just chaos backstage yeah it seems like it's it's wild times backstage in AEW, man someone several some people yeah. on twitter uh last night uh you know that attitude air WB commercial where they're walking through the espn off for their uh, no it's the it's the the attitude oh, commercial good, yeah. sorry and, yeah. you know, like people getting thrown through windows. The Super Bowl commercial, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Sorry, I thought it was the ESPN one, but no, it was just the Super Bowl commercial. And so you, what like, you want
2: Tony Khan saying,
3: get it? Yeah, backstage at a, an AEW show. So after last night's Dynamite, Voices of Wrestling reported on an altercation that supposedly happened between Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Which possibly led to Kingston getting suspended. Fightful Select was able to confirm that an altercation did take place and that Kingston was, quote, briefly suspended by the company. Fightful reports that Sammy hadn't cleared the content of a promo with Eddie in advance of dropping said promo in advance of their match at All Out. Then Sammy dropped said promo and referred to Kingston as a, quote, fat piece of shit. Oh, wow. Fightful adds that Kingston, who was slated to win their bout at All Out, felt the line, quote, buried the match if a fat piece of shit beat Sammy Guevara.
2: Jimmy Guevara. Uh,
3: the promo was ultimately cut from the broadcast. I'm guessing this was for Rampage. Uh, But Kingston was still frustrated with how, quote, Sammy Guevara followed up with this after being perceived as difficult working with Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Sanjay Dutt in the months prior. And according to Fightful, Eddie then went, yelled at Guevara. Sammy responded with a smile. And then Eddie pie-faced Sammy, which led to Kingston being suspended for two weeks. So Fightful reached out to Eddie Kingston for comment. And Eddie responded, quote, I was wrong. That is all but didn't confirm the altercation. PW Insider uh, also confirmed there was an altercation and also reached out to Eddie for comment. Kingston responded, quote, You know the truth. I wouldn't lie. I was wrong for being unprofessional. That is the blind fact. He did what he did, and the public can judge that, but I know for a fact I was wrong. Um,
2: awesome for Eddie stepping up and saying, Hey, I was in the wrong here. No matter how much of us would have loved to have seen that. I mean, also in Five Fools <laughs>
3: Report, they they said that Eddie asked to work for Sammy when a lot of people weren't yeah, asking to work with weren't. Sammy.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I you know, it, it is. You, you can't do it, especially being a veteran like Eddie Kingston. You can't go right around pie-facing guys no matter how much you'd want to. Uh that being said, you know, Sammy has a has kind of a history of being you know, there was the he wasn't he like on a plane on the way to, this was a report that he was on a plane on the way to impact taping and he was like oh, I yeah, don't yeah. want to do anything that you guys are saying and then yeah. it was turned around and I mean that, who knows if that was if that was how much of that was true or not. Um but that was out there. Um yeah. Uh it it honestly, and then talking about the, the we're about to talk about the Thunderosa stuff. It just it feels like there are things that in AEW that just need to be, I don't know, sorted out, maybe. It's
3: kind of interesting that this stuff is happening now. You know, I wonder if this is one of the... Because the closest analogy I could think of, and it's not even that close of an analogy, but other, but Booker T recently brought it up, was WCW. Conan brought the same yes, thing so, up. Yes, exactly. Um, where... You know, to the credit of AEW, they give the talent a lot of flexibility and input into their creative. Mm -hmm, Yeah, and there's seemingly a lot of freedom involved in that. Not a lot of structure. Yeah, but the downside of not having structure potentially is a lack of accountability. Um, In instances where someone's uh, uh, acting out of line, uh, you know, uh, irritating the locker room, Mm -hmm. you know, seemingly maybe the the recent kind of reshuffling. You know, the talent relations department will hopefully change that. But you know, if 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 someone is is getting a lot of heat in the locker room for whatever reason, seemingly there's not much to be done about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because no, there's seemingly the yeah. structure or hasn't been the structure in place to deal with that type of stuff.
2: There needs to be. There needs to be more accountability. There needs to be. You know, you need to have. And I'm not advocating for wrestlers court, but certainly mm-hmm. locker room leadership. Yeah. You know, and that there does need to be even a seemingly amongst the wrestlers, there should be accountability, but certainly for management, there should yes. be accountability. Yes, and and that's one thing seemingly in the WWE, uh, by and large, you've gotten, and that was either you know because well, back in the day it was the Undertaker, but more recently, we've heard that Roman Reigns is a hell of a locker room leader. There's been a number of people, Drew McIntyre, I think, has been also noted as a mm-hmm. locker room leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, while Vince is there, it's sort of like one of those things where it's like. The buck really does stop with Vince, and Vince sort of doesn't. While he was there, wouldn't put up with a lot of that shit, especially yeah. in in recent years. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it does feel like you need some of that stuff in AEW. I mean, you have to wonder, of course, how much of that uh, you know Cody Rhodes filled that role, and uh, now with him being gone, of course, I mean the, I I can't suggest this enough. Cody leaves, and what happens? It all falls apart. I say that tongue in
3: cheek. You know, relax, I will relax. You do say that tongue in cheek, uh, especially regarding the creative aspect of things. But I guess it was noted that Cody was someone that people went yeah, to talk to about yeah. things. So yeah. it's entirely possible that, yes, you probably uh, overstated his contribution in the creative department. But in terms of a leadership role, it's entirely possible that's something he filled backstage that is now missing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's
2: talk about more <laughs> A.W. issues backstage. Let's talk about Thunder Rosa. So it was announced last night on D- Dynamite that due to an injury, she would be unable to defend the A.W. Women's Championship at All Out. PW Insider has some details on her injury. Reporting PWInsider.com has confirmed the nature of Thunder Rosa's injury is a disc issue in her back. That's not fun. Uh, we are told it was something she has been trying to work through of late. Sorry. There's no word on a timetable for her return now Thunder Rosa was also the subject of rumors last night after Dynamite with voices of wrestling reporting that Rosa had heat with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter Fightful Select was able to confirm that Baker and Rosa quote can't stand each other but have tried to remain professional on open to working with each other Fightful adds that Hayter also has heat with Rosa stemming from a broken nose she suffered in a match against Thunder Rosa according to Fightful much of the heat on Rosa has emerged from her working stiff in the ring one thing that that End quote. One thing that, again, maybe needs to be tampered down a little bit is this idea, and Punk has referenced this multiple times, that AEW is willing to sort of take Meltzer's reports, Fightful's reports, and reference that kind of stuff on camera, on mm-hmm. cable TV. And the one mm-hmm. notable thing is when. Thunderstorm had an interview that was interrupted by Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And Britt Baker busts out a sandbag. Yeah. Now, sandbagging in wrestling is well, when
3: somebody sort of deadweights. Thunder Rosa has a shirt that says sandbagging since, I don't know. What Which is was sort there. of a response to that. Yes.
2: And look, I get if all parties are on board with this. Hey, we can make some money off of a T-shirt. We can reference it. I don't know if that's the way to go. If 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 her performance in the ring is something that is the focal point of real life animosity and granted they might try to stay professional but bringing that up on TV and as sort of a wink and a nod and even, I mean, you know, it wasn't even like that hadn't even been reported on in terms of like, oh, there's heat between these two. Mm-hmm. What's the point of bringing this up? What's the point of of making this an issue? Even if then Thunder Rosa is going to make a T-shirt in response, it's too. I don't know, man. It's just it's a little too inside. It is. You it's know,
3: self. It's too self-referential.
2: When when um, Bischoff brings up a couple like a couple months ago, hey, you need to be thinking about the casual fans and not necessarily the hardcores. I don't know, like the context that he was talking about might not be as valid. But when I think of that, I think of this kind of stuff. Like you don't need to be bringing up real life shit. When it when it when it relates to, you know, Brock Lesnar had there was a report that Brock Lesnar had pitched to Vince McMahon. Hey, stop letting wrestlers refer to this stuff as performances. Yeah, because this is these are supposed to be fights. These are supposed to be real fights that you're presenting as as a story. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be referencing the performance of it, even though, like when you talk about combat sports, you, I guess, can talk about somebody's performance. Well, I don't know. Do they do that in, in, in MMA? Yeah, they yeah talk they'll talk about, about well, what an what a
3: incredible performance by Anderson so, Silva so, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know how much you want to be referencing the fact that sandbagging is basically, you know, not going along with the performance of a match, of a yeah. fictional match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is my point. So I don't know, man. I don't know if that just adds fuel to the fire. I'm not there backstage, Mm -hmm. but it stands to reason that maybe bringing up real life stuff as part of a story has its limits, maybe, is my point.
3: Yeah, and and I I think, too, or wonder, too, that if referencing these backstage details that may or may not be creating animosity between wrestlers, Mm Mm-hmm like i i guess some people might like it because oh look at they're they're referencing real life stuff ooh the w- work shoot type stuff at the same time you know especially you know like in the uh, uh kingston case here seemingly with punk and hangman this stuff is sometimes talked about in advance and what if that kind of stuff happens is that going to increase the animosity between the wrestlers and now whenever i see this type of stuff that references real life and or backstage stuff. I'm going to think, okay, was this pre-approved? Is this going to upset somebody even more that, that this was done? And, 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 and the odds of, of that reference playing to a broad market, whether not even reference to what Bischoff is talking about, even a broad audience in AEW. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Like, I don't know how many people keep up with the news and, and, and have heard about the, the, the sandbagging stuff with Thunder Rosa. So like, Brit hand's Thunderosa sandbag and, and what percentage of the audience is like, what does that mean? Dude, I keep up with this shit and I was even confused by the sandbag.
2: I'm like, oh, is she saying that she sandbagged in a match? Is that what she's saying? And then I'm just thrown off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking about, oh, what a cool promo she just dropped. Yeah. I'm just thinking, what is that even supposed to mean? Why why are you wink? Don't wink. I don't know what that means. Yep. I'm not th- I'm not there backstage. I don't yep. have anybody backstage telling me, oh, they say she sandbagged. You know what I love? You know a great way to, to shout out hardcores is when punk make reference makes reference to his Ring of Honor past. Mm-hmm. When he's wearing the old Ring of Honor basketball yeah. shorts, like, oh, that's cool. Like yeah, that's, that's a healthy stuff. way to 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 shout out the hardcores who can then get on Twitter and be like, "Hey, look at this cool historical reference." Here.
3: Well, that and and it's not just a reference in some uh, cases, but it's actually enhancing the story being told, referencing things in the past. And yes, thousand percent. Right, yeah. If you're dropping little Easter eggs or references to the things that'll actually enhance the story. Yeah, rather than just try to pop a few people for for making a joke about something they read online, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd much rather have something included that's actually going to enhance the story and add depth to the story being told. One thing is something that you
2: think Vince Russo would do, and the other thing is just is is a cool shout out to history and like well, I you mean, it's, said, it's, it's, it's good it's storytelling to the layers it's good of story. storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah.
3: Uh, let's talk about more chaos in AEW, Steve. So Feifel's Fleck yesterday reported about a, a talent meeting that uh, Tony Khan held backstage, Uh, PW Insider has uh, some details. Uh, Tony Khan apparently opened this meeting uh, discussing new vice presidents, town relations, apparently the restructuring that had been reported on a couple weeks back. Um, And then also uh, made reference to the quote, this is that PW Insider's uh, terms here, says quote, the fact that there's been some lines Cross from WB uh, lost, sorry, tossed from WB circles towards AEW contracted talents for obvious reasons. Not something AEW is happy about, leading to him telling the crew that uh was it Mega Parak had mm-hmm. emailed Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon to warn them not to tamper with talents. And then today, Chris Jericho on Twitter alluded to he might have been one of the people contacted by WWE. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody's
2: mentioned uh, apparently on Twitter, uh, uh, Sammy Zayn and, uh, and, and Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens did a faction
3: with with Chris Jericho. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And Jericho said, "Yeah, that that was uh, there was something
3: alluded." He there. said some of the higher ups in WB maybe wanted that to happen sooner rather than later. Hashtag <laughs> tampering.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. 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 There's there's not a lot of allusion there. No, is there? <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot of ambiguity. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, yeah, that's um, right.
3: both Pat Buck and Tony Schiavone, who now have roles in the talent relations department, uh, talked about their. Uh, kind of uh, new responsibilities in those roles Um, and then apparently Jericho gave a quote rally the troops type speech Mm. and then Young Bucks uh, says specifically here Matt Jackson let everybody know doors open if you want to talk you can come talk to us and then uh, PW Insider here adds quote at this point Kenny Omega spoke and was the harshest towards the locker room what we are told by some came off as tough love by others as really heavy handed some saw this as Omega trying to light a fire into the roster, and others felt differently. Um, uh, after Omega finished speaking, uh, Mega Park spoke on what was described to PW Insider as some legal related things. Mm, yeah, don't be
2: talking with WWE people if you're under contract. Uh, yeah, apparently, yeah, they sent notice to WWE's legal team. Hey, stop, stop doing that. Stop trying to tamper. Mm-hmm. I was watching a little bit of Wrestling Observer today uh, mm-hmm. on the Twitch, and Alvarez was talking about, uh, the rumors from a couple of years ago, there was some tampering issues between WWE and Ring of Honor. Yeah. And then, and he went on to say that he looked into it further and and that was actually unfounded. Like that apparently wasn't actually happening at the time. Mm which was kind of interesting. I thought there was something that was actually on record about that, but
3: Well, didn't, didn't Ring of not. Honor like uh do like issue like a cease and desist or something like that? I thought that's what the thing was, but Alvarez says
2: apparently there was nothing to it, so whatever huh. that means. Um, but uh but yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it, it is what it is. I guess you can, you know, you can dip your toe into the tampering waters and see how far you can you can put your foot in. <laughs> and then yeah. before you get before you get clapped back before Chris Jericho snitches on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> So he found out who the
1: snitch was, yeah, apparently. I
2: guess
1: so. <laughs> Break the walls down.
2: Not anytime soon, apparently.
3: Okay, so in twenty. This is from Heal by Nature. It says here, Ring of Honor threatened to sue WB in twenty seventeen. After WWE were contacting talent while under contract, that's what. Was this, there
2: anything like legally sort of in the record about that?
3: No, I don't guess so. Other than a threat, a threat from Ring of Honor that they might sue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here, WB pulled many offers from. ROH talent delayed offers for others and waited several months after their contract expires. Included Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and DiJack. Huh.
2: Well, in any event, sounds like uh, WWE is looking for uh, looking for talent. And in fact, Triple H has been bringing back a lot of people to WWE: Dakota Kai, Dexter Lumis, Karrion and Cross, Johnny Gargano, etc., etc. And Andrew Zarian has reported that Uncle Paul. Might be looking to bring in a former NXT name, Bronson Reed. Yeah. Zarian stated on the latest episode of We're Live, Pal, and these transcripts come to you via WrestlingNews.co. He said this. I've heard one name over the last few weeks, and that's Jonah. Great G1. I talked to a friend over there casually in Connecticut. He's a name. Bronson Reed got the shit end of the stick with his positioning. He's very good. He has the size. He has this awesome entrance with the background. I don't know him at all personally. I don't know of anything behind the scenes that happened, anything beyond that. But I can tell you there are people very interested in him because of his talent, his performance in the G1. He's a name that people are interested in. I don't know what his deal is, but he has come up as a name that I've heard. Um, so
3: uh, he, Jonas spoke about his deal. He's on a, He's got a deal. He had to say the nature of the deal with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also said it gives him the flexibility to work elsewhere. I doubt elsewhere means WWE. (laughs) The independent, yeah, dates that WWE wants him to work. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I don't know if it's like, you know, hey, for X number of months, you're guaranteed this many appearances at this rate. Don't know the nature of the deal. Mm -hmm. So not going to speculate on it. Um, uh, I mean, back when we did the video of, of 10 wrestlers Triple H should bring back, Bronson Reed was on there. No, former North yeah. America champion, he had yeah. tryout matches, and rather than getting called up to the main roster, he got released, and it was it seemed rather strange. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, because he checks basically every box. Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. No, he's 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 terrific. He's a phenomenal talent, uh, as Zarian said. He did have a phenomenal G one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's it is very interesting that sort of. You know, cuz was he released at the same time Keith Lee was? I I believe before. Was it before? Okay. Um yeah, it's kind of interesting that the wrestlers who have sort of played it in between have found more, you know, places between uh not you know not signing with AEW, but you know getting these appearance deals perhaps sticking around and to see how WWE is going to sort itself out. I mean, I don't think anybody could predict I think some of these guys just got lucky. Like Gargano was like, yeah, I'm just going to be a dad for a while and Mm -hmm. see how things play out, not knowing that Vince McMahon was going to basically torpedo his own legacy and career and get himself uh, ejected from the
3: WWE. Um, But, uh,
2: yeah, that's kind of interesting.
3: So uh, Keith Lee was released November 4th, and then Bronson Reed was released August 6th. Okay. So Reed was in the same uh, round as Bobby Fish, Mercedes Martinez, Tyler Rust. Mm-hmm. And then Keith Lee is in the group with Karrion Cross, Nia Jacks, Ember Moon, Yim, and a lot more. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay.
2: Um, so, yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, we got a couple questions here. If you'd like to answer some questions. Sure, let's answer some questions. Let's do it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I put it on the Stephen Larson YouTube channel. By the way, we mm-hmm. speak about our Overrun on Friendo Club TV today. I uploaded a video where we speak about, uh, of course, being recruited into House of Black. Uh, Stephen Larson joining the House of Black. We talked yeah. about it on Overrun uh, this week. I put it out there. For, uh, for free gratis if you want the entire episode. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You can check it out there. Uh, first up, Francis Badia. Long term was the build up for the Punk Mox match and the way it played out. Help or hurt AEW? He says, I feel more let down than curious since it was hyped up so much. I'll be honest with you. I thought it was awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing how they explain CM Punk getting a rematch for all out mm-hmm. and how he can even attempt to compete with the monster know. known as Mox.
3: I mean, it seems an impossible task for Punk sh- short of him cheating and cheating often and and, and, and yeah, often and a lot. Both those mm-hmm. things. It has to be often, it has to be a lot. Um yeah, yeah it, it it seems like a, a basically impossible task for Punk.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mushi Senpai says, how do you guys feel about AEW's current lineup of champions? He says, I'm personally not feeling it beyond Mox. Mox is at his peak, but Wardlow's doing nothing as TNT champion. Swerving our glory feels misplaced and Rosa having to have an interim uh, and he doesn't mention, he says, I didn't mention Cargill. She's pretty solid as well. I think uh, Jade needs to be on Dynamite more often. She really should yeah. be. I mean, she's sort of their A champion, but she's yeah. just on Rampage a lot. Yeah. So they need to put her. I think she's a dominant champion who should be on Dynamite. They should unify those titles, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Now uh, was a
2: perfect opportunity to do it, too. It really is. Uh, I actually really love Swerve Our Glory, and I think they're mm-hmm. going to be doing a lot better things coming up shortly. I do feel like they need to do more with Wardlow as TNT champion. They need to find a way to capture what he had going about six months ago.
3: Yeah, there, there's no reason he should be in a, a six-man tag match at, on the pay-per-view. He should be defending that title. He should uh, be.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I unless, totally agree. unless
3: they decide to make this match at a an at all-out, some sort of winner-take-all, where mm-hmm. FTR puts up like, the Ring of Honor belts or something like that. Right, right. And yeah, Wardlow absolutely. puts up the TNT title. Um, yeah. But yeah, the fact that he's not defending the title on pay-per-view is pretty ridiculous. Um, I, Going back to Jade, I understand why they don't have her wrestle more often because it's an event when she wrestles. Yeah, right. And then you tune in because it's an event when she wrestles, but she should be on TV every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Advancing I agree. her story. The fact that yeah. she's not on TV every week is, is ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Jason Lewis says, would you guys like to see Triple H adjust the precision of go-home math? I think that we're gonna see a lot more brawls as go home math where nobody has the upper yeah, hand. Yeah. But I get the feeling that yeah, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be as cut and dry anymore. I think he's gonna tell more interesting ways to send us into a pay per view wondering what's gonna happen.
3: Yeah. Ideally, yes. Uh Bop here asks, should AEW just scrap their rankings? They don't give importance to it like they like they I think used to? No. I like the rankings.
2: I think it's a good way. I think they, that they're not held down by them, and it's a way to say, hey, this is what Swerve in, their glory, in Our Glory has been doing. You guys are ranked. You know, it doesn't matter if you're ranked yep. one or five. You're ranked. You want a shot. You got a shot. If you're ranked in the top five, it puts you in the conversation for a shot, yep. and that is justification for a story.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just wish it was, it was, they, they did that more outside the tag division.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
3: seemingly the only place where they have those conversations.
2: I do also wish that they would separate the rankings per title, not just men's. I don't agreed. agreed. Because it's like, you know, right now three of the top five ranked men's are all TNT title guys.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh, like they, they should have the, it should be rankings, but it, based on like strength of schedule, strength of mm-hmm. competition should elevate you. Like have, yeah, two tiers or something like that. I don't know.
2: Blake Whitehouse says uh, starts his question uh, with the Ilya Dragunov injury being kayfabe. I had not heard that.
3: I had not heard that either. He says, Do "I you mean, think it looked like he jacked him, up his ankle, so his ankle looked fucked up."
2: Yeah, and I get the feeling that that happened before they realized that they were going to collapse NXT UK.
3: But I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, because that was shot like early July. <laughs> Was shot a long time ago, yeah. Uh, oh, here's a good
2: question. Sean Chan says, if I have a friend who has never seen a wrestling show before but is interested, what match do I show them? He says the question was inspired by that terrific trios match last night. Um, I would give him something simple, like a Walter match. Mm-hmm. You know, something where it's like you can – it's perfectly understandable. Oh, you've got this giant beast of a person, like an early Walter
3: match or yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago. Walter well, match. Have, like, like Walter versus Ilya, the first one, because yeah. – Ideally, you want to have them watch, have them watch a match that doesn't have a ton of backstory necessary that you, you have to it, know yeah. to appreciate the nuances of the bout. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. Like one, you know, for Walter Ilya one for example, short recap mm-hmm. package. I'm sure they had during the show, and then you watch the match, mm-hmm. and you see yeah. the story develop, and then what Ilya's story is going forward based on what happens in that bout. Yeah. Uh, Tristan A. says,
2: Eddie's still our guy, right? Even more than before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh, let's see here. Um. Oh, this is a great question. I always love Honor No More questions. Noon Mountain says, is there a worse faction currently in all of wrestling than Honor No More? No. No. Of course not. Uh, mm. they they're fodder for much entertainment for us. Because our weekly honor no more rundowns are hilarious. I'm
3: trying to think if there's a faction worse. Are the are the wingmen still like actually a thing? So you put the
2: wingmen in against honor no more. I think it's a good seventy five percent chance that honor no more works. Yeah. that's a good yeah. Point. Honor no more wins that. Yeah. yeah, but wingmen are also like when you say worst. Like in terms of, okay, power rankings, yeah, Honor No More is better than the Wingmen, but uh, Honor No More should be a lot better than they, like this shouldn't even be a question. Mm. It shouldn't be a question. The fact that they are so underwhelming as a faction where the Wingmen arguably might exceed expectations.
3: You know what, if if Ed Edwards just appreciated PCO for who he is, there'd be no drama in Honor No More. Maybe things would run a lot more smoothly. You're probably right. You're probably right. But he does, not he wants PCO to be someone he's not. Yeah. Uh Brody Man Hennessy says, Do you guys
2: think the last minute nature of all out booking this year will ultimately hurt the buy rate? I'll believe it when I see it. AEW yeah. tends to outperform their own buy rates, and there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy heading into this year's all yeah, out, and that's that 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 it. Yep that generally spells, you know, success in the, in the buy rate. Uh speaking yeah.
3: of eyeballs, we got ratings in for Dynamite last night. We got one We had to have crossed a million. Yeah, 1.049 million is here to this is on wrestling observer. Okay. Um, up about 10% and then .34 in the all important. Nothing, no number matters other than this one. 18 oh, to 49 yeah. demo. Absolutely. Up it is about the... 13%.
2: The gold standard of numbers.
3: <laughs> you can take the Fibonacci sequence.
2: <laughs> give, me, give me the 18 to 49. Who needs pie when you have the 18 to 49? Yeah,
3: exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Tonight, Smash Zone, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notify bell if you're listening in the audio realm. Leave us a rating, review, or comment. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.
1: And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
0: I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No,
1: it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing.